So what about a villain? What makes a villain? Well, villain, villain comes from uh, the, the Latin term villainous, which means farmhand or worker of plantation or a villa. It became to be known as anyone who was less than knightly status-wise, and they were seen as unnoble. So essentially, being uh, poor, disenfranchised, and not a noble was synonymous with being a villain. This is part two of the MF Doom story. If you didn't listen to part one, titled The Birth of MF Doom, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that one first. When we last saw Doom, he had just reinvented himself as a mysterious, masked character, and he was slowly but surely becoming a dominant voice in New York's underground hip-hop scene, thanks mainly to the success of his debut album, Operation Doomsday. Over the next five years, he would go on to create a ton of critically acclaimed music, and a decade after being blacklisted from the industry, become hip-hop's most revered underground rapper. And he would do it all with virtually zero help or support from major record labels or mainstream promoters. He had become a true hip-hop supervillain. Today's episode is all about that journey and the one album that would stand above the rest and come to have an unimaginably huge influence on the future of all rap music. I'm talking, of course, about Mad Villainy. Here's a little story that must be told. It's a music that is all beat and talk. It's rap music. We don't do that in my music, man. I'm tired of you saying that. Yeah, how about the gang rape on you? But when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. You had a, a rap singer here last night named Sister Soldier. And they, they, they've given them permission to go down and shoot us. Gangster rap and misogynist lyrics will not be tolerated any longer. It's not actually a form of music, it's a, it's a form of rhythmic speaking. We have murdered a rock, I injured a stone, and a hospitalized a brick. I'm so bad I make medicine sick. We're starting off today in the year 2003, the peak of fully commercialized, blinged-out mainstream rap music. Music about making money, getting women, having luxuries, and being powerful in every straight male sense of the word. But it was also during this year that MF Doom started releasing a bunch of albums with his completely different, sloppy, homegrown production style. Keep your holes in check. And believe it or not, Doom was actually similar to those mainstream rappers in some ways. He was also rapping about money, women, and heteromasculine power. It's just that he was doing it in a completely different way. Super. I got this girl and she wants me to duke her. I told her I'll come scoop her around and she said, Super. 
That sounds great. Shorty girl's a trooper. No matter what I needed to do, she'd be like. Now, to fully understand Doom during this time, we can't just look at one song or even one album. We have to look at his whole catalog. And there's a lot of music in there. Just from 2003 to 2005, less than three years, he released six full-length albums, almost all of them under a different name, usually the name of a fictional character or persona from his imagination. One of those characters, of course, is the masked supervillain known as MF Doom, named after the Marvel Comics villain Doctor Doom. He's a typical villain that you have in any story where, you know, a lot of people misunderstand him, you know, but he's always looked at as the bad guy, but he really got a heart of gold, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's for the children and, you know, you know, and, and, you know it's like a Robin Hood kind of character. Loved by the people, but then the powers that be may not really get along with how he get down, you know what I'm saying? But then there's also Victor Vaughn. Victor is a time-traveling, drug-slinging, open-mic-rapping mischief-maker that doesn't care about you or your feelings. Vic is similar, but he's younger. He's more like a younger, like, say, 18, 19-year-old, young whippersnapper, thinking know-it-all, kind of, you know... Uh, a lot of times he disagree with Doom, but still he looks up to Doom. Exactamundo, Victor the director flip a script like Rob Reiner. The way a lot of dudes rhyme, their names should be Knob Shiner. For a buck, they likely dance the jiggle, do the huckle buck. To Vic, it's no big deal, they just a bunch of knuckle fucks. And then there's King Ghidorah, named after the three-headed dragon monster from the Godzilla movies. Ghidra is an interesting, um, is an interesting character. You know what I mean? The, the whole direction of Ghidra is like, okay, he's not even from the earth. You know what I'm saying? He's from outer space. You know, and he more challenge, he channels the information to Doom in order for Doom to produce and whatnot. So Doom is kind of he gets the message from Ghidra. Ghidra has arrived. You guys can take five. By the time it's over. No snakes alive. Take a dive. Tell him you better off than up against the floor to make her. What all these characters have in common, of course, is that they're all villains in one way or another. There are no heroes in Doom's universe, much like in gangster rap or mafioso rap. But the thing that makes Doom's universe different and totally unique is that everything is distorted and fictionalized to some extent. And this was especially true when it involved details about the man behind the mask. He rarely gave interviews, and when he did, he didn't really talk about his personal life. If he was asked a personal question, he would sometimes straight up refuse to answer it, or he'd answer it in a way that was deliberately vague and confusing. So I read in the, in the Wire piece that you were born in London. Is that, that, is that true, or what, what was all that, what was that about? 
Well, the author, yeah, me, the author, who was born in, yeah, England. Oh, the author was? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, not the author of that particular piece, but me, the author. When I, yeah. I gotta make the separation between me, MF Doom, Victor, and all this, so. Yeah. But you, you, the, know. you the author, you the person who born in. No, me, the person who right. is the author. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Doom never said or gave out his government name. And at this point, he seemed to be actively trying to separate his musical persona from his real-life persona. Like, for example, there's this song called Perfect Hair off the 2005 Danger Doom album, where he raps. And based on that one line, people assume that his birthday was on January 9th, 1971. 1971. Wikipedia listed this as his birthday, and then magazines, blogs, and ordinary fans all followed. And he never said anything. It wasn't until 2017 that someone on Reddit pulled up official government documents proving that his birthday was actually on July 13th, 1971. And he would do stuff like this for the rest of his career, like hiding the real name of his close friend and collaborator, Mr. Fantastic. Showtime, nigga. Get drunk, boy. MF Doom. And I am Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Expeditiously, I'll be on my grizzly. Fans try to greet me, somehow always miss me. Mr. Fantastic, put the busy in the beat. Rock from the bottom straight to the tizzy. To this day, Mr. Fantastic's true identity remains one of hip-hop's biggest unsolved mysteries. Doom was evolving from pure MC to full-blown hip-hop enigma, blending fiction and reality, and always imploring his audience, first and foremost, to listen to the music. Music first, then everything else. You won't see me on the cover of an album with tattoos or a big gold chain, none of that. The way I design the character is more like from a third-person point of view. I narrate most of the time in the lyrics, if you notice. I hardly use I. I say he a lot. In part one, we talked about how, as a teenager, Doom's lyrics were complicated and abstract. But now, he was taking that idea to a whole new level. Put your sister on the phone. Yo, it's fiction. There's this song off the Mad Villainy album called Fancy Clown. And the whole concept of the song is that it's one big guest feature from Victor Vaughn, who we know is technically the same person as MF Doom. But this detail is important because in the song, Victor Vaughn is mad at his girlfriend for cheating on him with MF Doom. Now, of course, this is a very clever way to tell a story. He's playing games with the audience's perception of his identity and his character's identity, but he's also playing a game with the identity of hip-hop music. He's taking one of the oldest cliches to brag about stealing someone else's woman, and he's turning it upside down, giving it an entirely new perspective. He's reinventing it. Basically, he's taking something old and making it new again. And we're gonna see several more examples of this when we start analyzing the song Figaro, which 
is also from the Mad Villainy album. But first, we have to rewind our story back about four years, when all the way on the other side of the country, in Los Angeles, California, Operation Doomsday had caught the ear of a rising producer named Otis Jackson Jr., better known as Mad Lib. If you haven't listened to the mini-episode on Mad Lib, now would be a good time to do that. But to make a long story short, when Doom went to visit Mad Lib in Los Angeles, it was immediately clear that these two were cut from the same cloth. In the game, from, from independent to commercial, whatever, has he uh, influenced your you know, way of thinking about beats at all? Oh yeah, old just got me back into the whole like fun part of it, you know what I mean? Like, like until then I didn't really have a partner. Now I feel like I found my partner, you know what I mean? They both loved gritty, sample-based hip-hop. They both hated the spotlight and loved releasing music through alter egos. They both stayed away from major labels and fancy recording studios. Madlib did all his work in a Cold War-era bomb shelter that was packed with instruments and gear all over the floor. Coincidentally, Madlib's label, Stones Throw Records, was started by a DJ and producer who had also experienced being dropped by a major record label and the death of his best friend and musical partner in the early 90s. So, right off the bat, these two musical forces from opposite coasts were artistically aligned. And immediately, they got to work on an album. So, I'm working as fast as I possibly can without sacrificing the quality. You know, so but he's working too like that. Like I would hardly see him. We're in the same house. You know, so I hardly we hardly spoke really. It's more through like telepathy and like we spoke really through the music. Like he'll hear the joint, and that's like my conversation with him. Then I hear a beat, and that's like what he's saying to me. You might remember how most of Operation Doomsday was recorded at Stretch Armstrong's apartment in New York City, where Doom felt comfortable hanging out, listening to music, sampling records, writing and just being absorbed in the creative process. And the bomb shelter was that same kind of environment. It was a messy, gritty, no-frills studio where they weren't paying by the hour, they could work whenever they wanted, sleep whenever they wanted, and do whatever they wanted. Here's Madlib. The process wasn't really a big deal. We just hung out, went to clubs, got drunk, I'll hand him a beat CD, I'll go to sleep, he'll work on some music, he'll go to sleep, I'll wake up, I'll make some more beats, listen to what he did, we might take some shrooms together if we awake at the same time, and, and then listen to the music when it's done. And it was this environment that helped create most of the songs on Mad Villainy, including the one that we're going to focus on for the rest of this episode, the song... Figaro. The rest is empty with no brain, but the club a nerd, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Take it from the tech nine Now, this is not the version of Figaro that would eventually show up on Mad Villainy. That's because in 2002, after all their work was leaked onto the internet, Doom and Madlib decided abruptly to stop work on the album. And it would be almost a full year before they finally got back to work, at the behest of eager fans. But by then, Doom's vocal style had changed, as it was known to do. 
Now, his voice was even deeper and more relaxed. He sounded a lot less shouty and perhaps a lot more villainous. is empty with no brain but the clever nerd the best mc with no chain you ever heard like a lot of doom's best work figaro is one long continuous verse with no hooks or choruses or breaks and in it doom uses a ton of bizarre and random cultural references it's kind of like the musical equivalent of internet meme culture but about a decade before most people even knew what a meme was. We start off with one great example of this, right off the top, something that I don't think most people under the age of 65 have ever even heard of. Shinola brand shoe polish, or the expression, they don't know shit from Shinola. The rest is empty with no brain, but the clever nerd, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Take it from the Tech Nine Hola. David don't know the next time from Shinola. But there's another more important reference tucked in there when he says the best MC with no chain you ever heard. He's actually referring to the title of the song. A Figaro chain is a type of chain with a distinctive link pattern from Italy. And as we know, expensive jewelry and its relationship to hip-hop culture have been on Doom's mind ever since that first opening skit from Mr. Hood. So when Doom says they bit but don't know they neck shine from Shinola, he's saying that younger, blinged out rappers bite or copy the style of true MCs like himself without understanding the fundamentals. And as you'll see, he's gonna back that statement up with plenty of references to classic hip hop recordings coming up. This is all straightforward enough, but the next four bars are where things really start to get interesting. He plays off the quote, all that glitters is not gold, reaffirming what we already know about Doom that he believes the mainstream rap industry invests too much in appearances and not enough in musical talent. But we also get this ridiculous string of references that somehow manage to draw comparisons between jewelry, expensive fish-scale cocaine, two different biblical stories about water, and various beverages like Cacolac, a popular brand of chocolate milk from France. If you Google MF Doom Moby Dick, you will find an entire essay written just about those last 10 seconds of music. That's how deep the Doom reference rabbit hole can go. But more broadly, he's doing something that would come to be known as free associative rapping. He's connecting dots, often in weird, nerdy ways, moving swiftly from one topic to another. Here he is explaining this style of rapping in a BBC interview. It's like, you know what I like in it too? I like in it too, just joking around the schoolyard. You know, I guess, you know, you would say like, you and your mates, I guess, like, you know, mm. like after school thing where 
one person makes one joke and then you add on to that joke and then somebody else comes in and says, yeah, like this, haha, and it, it turns into like a whole a whole stream of jokes based like on one topic, except I'm I'm myself and I'm my mates all in one just joking around in my head. So each one I come up come up with, I'll write down. But they tend to come faster. Mm. It's just like conversation. So it's like having a conversation with yourself, but yeah. different characters. Yeah, like the old like homeless guy who's laughing to himself. He's probably doing the same thing without a notebook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense, MF Doom stands in the same category as artists like Bob Dylan and Pablo Picasso, because the meaning of his presentation can change drastically depending on how you choose to look at it and his lyrics can often come across as being both profound and ridiculous at the same time in this song the lyrics are a manifesto on the future of hip-hop a word puzzle of sorts and also a story about a gun-toting music-making supervillain he says clack clack blocka feel him in your heart chakra meaning that Doom will not hesitate to rock your foundation and move you to your core in more ways than one. Now, I'm going to stop it right there because we're approaching another hip-hop cliche. Getting into a shootout with the police. But... Here you have to listen very closely to understand what he's saying. And even then, it's still kind of open to interpretation. So I'll read the lyrics slowly first. Shot a cop, they around the way, bout to stay. But who to know, there's two mo that wonder where the shooter go. Bout to jet, get him, not a bet, dead him. Let him spit the venom, set him, got a lot of shit with him, let the rhythm hit him. Now, you probably even noticed from my very dull reading of those lyrics that the point is not so much to tell a story or even connect to a theme in this case, but more it's about showing off his ridiculous internal rhyming. Of the 51 words used in that passage, only two of those words do not rhyme with another word within the same bar. That's a rhyme density of 96%, which is almost unheard of for four bars of music. And as various bloggers and YouTubers would come to point out, Doom was totally in a league of his own when it came to rhyme density and diversity of vocabulary. Let's hear just a few notable examples from some other songs. From out the jail, alpha male, sickest ninja injury this century, enter plea, lend sympathy to limpers, simple salmon, ramen MCs. Trees is free, please leave a key. These meager fleas, he's the breeze and she's the bee's knees for she's. A lot of stuff happens that the news won't tell you. Blues on L juice, snooze all hell loose. Break it, take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Break it rolling through your hood in the caddy buggy. Butter softy, leather, flossy, fatty, juggy. Always threw me off when she told me daddy funk me. 
grinder Heat niner, pimping, stripping, soft, sweet minor China was a neat sign of trouble with the script digits Double dip, bubble lip, subtle list, midget Now, of course, being able to rhyme more words together doesn't necessarily make you a better rapper. In fact, the data would suggest that wordier rappers on average sell fewer records. But for New Yorkers who came of age in the 80s, the heroes of hip-hop were MCs who were the most impressive and inspiring to watch in person, which usually meant being able to rhyme the most words together in the smoothest and cleverest ways. And if there's one MC that we might call the Michael Jordan of this kind of rapping, especially for Long Islanders like Doom, it would have to be the God MC himself, Rakim. Now you might remember at the end of that insane string of rhymes that I played earlier, Doom said, let the rhythm hit him. That is a reference to this Rakim song of the same name. And Doom's gonna follow that up with a little hip-hop bragging of his own. But of course, because it's Doom that we're talking about, it's gonna be a little bit weird. Got a lot of shit with him, let the rhythm hit him. It's stronger than the other voice. We makes the joints that make him spread him butter moist, man, please. Stage made of panties. From the age of baby hoochies on to the grannies. Man, me the dough rake. Daddy, the flow make her fatty shake. Patty cake, patty cake. Back in 1997, the notorious B.I.G. achieved superstardom in part by rapping about blunts and bras, tits and bras, menage a trois, sex in expensive cars. Well, Doom is not doing that here. Again, the subject material is the same, but the approach is totally different. Doom is painting a cartoonish and rather unsexy picture of women spreading their legs butter moist while listening to his music. He says, the stage is made of panties from the age of baby hoochies down to the grannies. And things only get weirder when he references a popular children's nursery rhyme. Patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, bake me a cake as fast as you can. But instead of saying baker's man, Doom cleverly says Anita Baker's man, referring to Anita Baker, the R&B singer, who had just won her master recordings in a legal battle against, believe it or not, Elektra Records, the same company that KMD was signed to a decade earlier. Daddy, the flow make her fatty shake. Patty cake, patty cake for fake. If he was Anita Baker's man, he'd take her for her masters. Hit it once and shake her hand. Once some old thank you, ma'am, and ghost her. She could mind the toaster if she signed the poster. Okay, so here's a question. What do roller coasters, black coffee, hot sand, the notorious B.I.G. song Who Shot Ya, the out-of-home advertising association, battle rapping, the phrase close but no cigar, those post-no-bills signs that can be seen all around New York City, crack cocaine, sleeping pills, the Lion King, sports regulations, Star Trek, the phrase colder than a witch's tit, the Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald song, and the Rossini opera, The Barber of Seville, all have in common? Well, 
Let's hear all these references again, but this time presented much more stylishly from the villain himself. A whole host of roller coaster riders, not enough tracks, hot enough black, or it's too hot to handle. You got blue sandals, who shot you, who got you, new spots to vandal. Do not stand still, boast your skills close, but no krills, post for polils, post no bills. Coast to coast, Joe Smoes flows ill, go chill, not supposed to overdose, no dose pills. Off pride tykes, talk wide, you scar me, off sides, like how wharf ride with Starfleet. Told ya, on some get rich shit. As he gets older, he gets colder than a witch tit. This is it, make no mistakes. Where my nigga go? Figaro, Figaro. Now, whether you know it or not, you're probably familiar with Largo al Factotum, a famous aria from the comic opera The Barber of Seville. <laughs> It's famous for this one section where the whole orchestra stops playing and the singer frantically repeats over and over. This aria, and specifically that Figaro section, was a key feature of many classic cartoons from the 40s and 50s. And in most cases, it was used to make a character appear annoying or pompous, like the alley cat who keeps Porky Pig awake all night. Or Woody Woodpecker giving a terrible haircut. Among many, many other examples. And it's possible that Doom is making a connection to the other Figaro from earlier, Figaro Chains, implying that rappers who put image over music are annoying and pompous, kind of like those cartoon characters. But what's more important than that is that he's combining these two alternate meanings of the word Figaro, neither of which are the first or even second meaning of the word. In both cases, The word represents a symbol of refined Italian culture that moved to the United States and became something totally different. And that's essentially what hip-hop is, right? The process of reinterpreting ideas and references from different cultures and time periods and then mashing them together into this collage that is inherently new and something different. And while this moment is definitely the thematic climax of the song, there's a little bit more left, and Doom is definitely not done with his word association game. So let's keep listening. Figaro, Figaro, old beats in my rhymes attack, a scary act, all black like Miss Mary Mac. This is a reference to the 1985 song Marley Marl Scratch by DJ Marley Marl and MC Shan. And there was also another nursery rhyme clapping game mentioned there for Miss Mary Mac. Coming up, we have more opera references. At least I think that's what that is. Old beats in my rhymes attack. A scary act, all black like Miss Mary Mac. 
wait till you see him live on the piano Doom sings soprano like Una Dociano My mama told me, blast him, pass her a glass of O.E. Now, those last two lines, my mama told me, blast him and pass her her glass of old E, actually work on several levels. My mama told me is a line from an old American folk song called Rubber Dolly. My mama told me if I'd be goody, that she would buy me a rubber dolly. Which was remade into a 1965 smash hit for Shirley Ellis called the clapping song. That, of course, fits very nicely into the clapping game nursery rhyme theme. But there's also a possible reference to the 1996 Tupac song Blasphemy. Now remember what my papa told me. Remember what my papa told me. Blasphemy. Now for them I'm still in the name of the Lord. Them I tell no slime. Now remember what my papa told me. In the name of the Lord. And then there's the LL Cool J song, Mama Said Knock You Out, from 1990, where he talks about drinking some old E before telling the listener what his mama said. So you can say I'm shafted. Oh, English filled my mind, and I came up with a funky rhyme. I'm gonna knock you out. Mama said knock you out. And not to mention that old E, or old English malt liquor, leads us into more rhymes about alcoholic beverages. My mama told me, blast some, pass her a glass of old E. Not to be troublesome, but I could sure use a quick shot of double rum. No stick of bubble gum. I like ice cream. We could skip the wedding. Have a nice dream. She only let them stick their head in. Interestingly, the song ends almost as if Doom just put his pen down and decided, okay, that's enough. It's like if he wanted to keep the song going, maybe he would pull out a Wu-Tang reference here, since they did the song Ice Cream, which is one giant sexual innuendo. Or he might try to rhyme something with Bananas Foster to keep the ice cream and rum references flowing. But at the end of the day, Doom is representing his vision of hip-hop, a vision in which status and respect come from lyricism and cultural understanding, not from wealth. But of course, mainstream rappers and record labels disagreed with Doom on this, and that made him and everyone else in his universe a villain. I want to play another clip from the Christian rapper Lecrae. He was the one that you heard at the very top of this episode. So technically speaking, when society creates subjective standards... Anyone who upholds these standards, represents these standards, fights for these standards, is looked upon as a hero. Anyone who fights against these standards or opposes them is looked upon as a villain. Right, so, for example, in the 1700s, society agreed on legalized slavery. Anyone who opposed that was looked upon as a villain. It wasn't until after society agreed on the outlawing of slavery that abolitionists were looked upon as heroes and no longer villains. On December 31st, 2020, New Year's Eve, Doom's wife, Jasmine, posted a goodbye letter to Doom on his Instagram account. At the end, 
It said, transitioned October 31st, 2020. That's right. He died on Halloween. And, you know, for most hip-hop legends, I wouldn't believe that they had been dead for two months and nobody seemed to know or say anything. But for Doom, this is totally believable. He had fallen out of touch with just about everyone that we've talked about in this story. Not because of bad blood, but because, I think, he, unlike those guys, really wanted his life to be away from the music industry. Away from all the things that had prevented him from making his art, and away from all the toxic racial politics. I think that's why he let everyone think his birthday was on some random day in January, and why he never told anyone who Mr. Fantastic was, and why he had imposters put on his mask and pretend to be him at shows and interviews. But for all his secrecy, Jasmine's letter offers up some very important details about who he was in real life. She wrote, quote, The greatest husband, father, teacher, student, business partner, lover, and friend I could ever ask for. Thank you for all the things you have shown, taught, and given to me, our children, and our family. Thank you for teaching me how to forgive beings and give another chance, not be so quick to judge and write off. Thank you for showing how not to be afraid to love and be the best person I could ever be. My world will never be the same without you." Unquote. One, two, give it up. What up, Roundhouse? Anatomy of a Verse is created by me, Max Maples, in Brooklyn, New York. This episode is dedicated to the one and only MF Doom. If you have any questions or comments or anything, please find me on social media or send me an email at anatomyofaverse at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Game show time! Rest up to an old brain, the governor, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Take it from the tech nine holder. They bit, they don't know their next time for Sinola. Everything that glitter ain't fit scale. Let me think, Nola, her fate, get his smell. A shot of jack, got her back, it's not an axe stack. Forgot about the cackalack, holler back, clack, clack, block a villainy. Fill him in your heart, chalk a short time, a short sis, stop a smart shopper, shot a cop.